Hello everyone, welcome to our Health Hub for Newcomers and our series of podcasts where we discuss topics related to health and wellness in various languages. We represent the Alberta International Medical Graduate Association, known as IMGA. IMGA is a non-profit organization dedicated to the successful integration of international medical graduates into the Canadian healthcare system. We have a health and wellness team that is working in the community to educate newcomers regarding various health topics, supports and services available, and how to assess these supports so that we become more knowledgeable about our overall health and lead healthy, productive lives. I am Dr. Chikazi Opara from Nigeria, and I have my colleague here. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Madiha Durani, and I'm a doctor from Pakistan. So let's get started. Alberta is going through a tough phase, the fourth wave of COVID-19 pandemic. It has primarily affected the unvaccinated group, making it critically important for the vaccine-eligible unvaccinated individuals to get immunized as soon as possible. The small number of fully vaccinated people who have been affected by COVID-19 and hospitalized during this period are identified with the underlying medical conditions. Since the reintroduction of public health guidelines, including mandatory masking, restrictions in indoor and outdoor gathering, and the need for the proof of vaccination, Alberta has seen some decline in case numbers positivity rate, and hospitalizations. However, the high number of hospitalizations, including the overwhelming number of patients in ICUs few weeks ago, prompted the Alberta Health Services to make the critical care triage protocols available for consideration if the healthcare system collapsed, God forbid. Despite recent fall in numbers, the hospital admissions remain high with ICU capacity at almost 80% provincially, it is important that we take this seriously and get vaccinated as soon as possible. As we all know, Canada has one of the best healthcare systems in the world. Since this pandemic began, the frontline health workers have put themselves at risk while taking care of COVID-19 patients. Our hearts go out to all those who have been in the front line during this pandemic. Words are not enough to thank them, and they deserve much more than that. They have cared for us during these tough times, and the last thing we want is to see our health system collapsing just because the resources available to them are not enough. We must support our heroes by ensuring that we are following the public health guidelines and doing everything possible to prevent COVID-19 cases by getting ourselves vaccinated and reducing the caseloads. We mentioned about the critical care triage protocols earlier. While it is not yet being implemented, it is important that we try to understand it. Simply put, it is a planned and predetermined province-wide approach to to guide our response should the demand for life-sustaining critical care support become greater than the available resources, either during the current COVID-19 pandemic, future pandemics, or other disasters. So that brings us to an important question. When the triage protocol would be activated? And the answer is the triage protocol would only be activated when all available resources for critical care have been utilized and all other mitigations have been exhausted. The decision to escalate or to de-escalate 
from a phase of triage will be informed by system-wide indicators and triggers and will be decided by AHS chief executive officer and the executive leadership team. The protocols will be led and operationalized by highly trained critical care physicians and staff, ensuring that a fair and equitable process is applied to all Albertans. The process of development included extensive consultation with AHS clinical ethics to embed ethical guiding principles, review of literature and existing protocols in other jurisdictions, and consultations with medical specialist groups, patient and family advisory, and patient advocacy groups. The main principle anchoring the triage process is the capacity to benefit. The best action when demand for absolutely scarce critical care resources exceeds supply. It is to save the greatest number of lives possible. This is based on medical assessment of patient only and not personal or group characteristics of the patient, for example, like sex, age, disability, race, national or ethnic group, color and religion. As is of public knowledge, AHS values the lives of all Albertans and follows Canadian standards for healthcare to provide non-judgmental healthcare to all who are in need. AHS critical care triage protocol applies to all patients considered for ICU admission. As all individuals have equal moral worth, the principle of former equality will be used when several patients have an equal likelihood to benefit from critical care. As such, patients who have an equal likelihood of benefiting from critical care, but for whom there are not enough resources, will be admitted to critical care on a first-come, first-served basis. The protocols reflect three areas of importance in successfully managing pandemic triage. And um, the first of this protocol is um, the team-based decision-making, utilizing evidence-based protocols to objectively make the difficult determinations around who will most likely benefit from critical care. This decision-making process will be supported by trained triage coordinators who are proficient in assessing eligibility and assisting frontline clinicians in following the protocol in the manner in which it was intended. Sec the second protocol is providing support to patients and their families for who triage will be a new and unfamiliar way of experiencing the delivery of healthcare in Alberta. And the third is providing support to staff and, and physicians through triage education and psychological support. So let's talk about vaccine concerns. The vaccine status does not impact access to critical care in the event of enacting the protocol. AHS values the lives of all Albertans and follows Canadian standards for healthcare to provide non-judgmental healthcare to all those who are in need. AHS critical care triage protocols applies to all patients considered for ICU admission. Public awareness of the triage protocol is an important part of pandemic readiness. Please note that the protocol is not yet implemented and we are certainly hope that we never get to such a point where healthcare workers are put in a difficult position of making such critical decisions. We also talked about the importance of vaccine eligible, unvaccinated individuals who need to step up 
and get vaccinated for the greater good of the society. So then that brings us to a question, what about those who are not eligible? Let's talk about the vaccines in children. Uh, the first one, Pfizer, the maker of MR mRNA vaccine for COVID-19 is seeking an emergency approval for five to 11 year age group after getting encouraging results from clinical trial in more than 2,200 kindergartners and elementary school age kids. While Pfizer clinical trial is still ongoing, Moderna mRNA vaccine is also undergoing clinical trials in children of the same age group. We are still waiting for a scientific publication, and Pfizer has revealed that once the vaccine is authorized for younger children, they will be carefully monitored for real risk, just as is done in every other person. Health Canada is also monitoring this, and we hope that in coming weeks, we will have encouraging news for the parents. Of course. Let's talk about taking care of your health during COVID-19, as the pandemic has affected people negatively both in terms of physical and mental health. Let's discuss a few important points. Number one, stay physically active. Many of us have either worked from home and are still working from home due to COVID pandemic. Staying at home has made us sit for longer hours and engage into habits such as binge watching the streaming channels and consume unhealthy food. Regular physical activity benefits both the body and mind. And research has shown that it can reduce high blood pressure, help manage weight, reduce the risk of heart diseases, stroke, type two diabetes, and various kinds of cancers. All the conditions that can increase susceptibility to COVID-19. So just taking a break, a short break from sitting, doing three to four minutes of life intensity physical movement, such as walking, stretching, will help ease your muscles and improve blood circulation and muscle activity. So please make every effort to do 30 to 30, 20 to 30 minutes of physical activity on a daily basis. Number two, quitting tobacco. Smokers are at a high risk of getting COVID-19 because they are constantly touching their lips with their fingers. And if they get COVID, the risk for severe disease is high Due to reduced lung functions. Please remember the four Ds. Delay your cravings, drink plenty of water, deep breathing, and distract yourself. Number three, healthy eating. Healthy diets are important for supporting immune systems. Good nutrition can also reduce the likelihood of developing other health problems, including obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and some types of cancer. Number four, let's look at one of the most important part of our health, that is our mental health. While it is important to stay informed, minimize your news feed to a maximum of two times per day. Develop a routine, sleep well, and pick up a healthy hobby instead of unlimited screen time, video games, and social media. Now I'm speaking of social media. Let's use our accounts to promote positive and hopeful stories. Correct misinformation wherever you see it. Maintain contact with your friends and family, either by phone calls or video calls. Number five, healthy parenting. During this pandemic, children are affected by physical distancing, quarantines, and nationwide school closures. Some children and young people may be feeling more isolated, anxious, bored, and uncertain. 
They may feel fear and grief over the impact of the virus on their families. Children are now online more often than before, either due to online schooling or other times when at home. How do we cope with that? Remember these five ways. Remember, there are five ways you can help to keep your children safe online. Number one, keep them safe with an open communication. Number two, use technology to protect them, either by putting an antivirus on your phone or setting up privacy settings. Number three, spend time with them online. Number four, encourage healthy online habits. And number five, let them have fun and express themselves as much as they want. Oh, very important tips. Thank you for sharing. So now, some of us have been so overwhelmed by COVID-19 that it's now hard to imagine seeing your doctor for regular health maintenance visits. While the visits to the healthcare facilities are carefully monitored due to pandemic, it is important to monitor your health and seek advice if needed. Doctors are available via phone call or using online platforms or even in person if there is a need. Remember to call HealthLink at 811 for NAR emergency medical issues, and please call 911 in case of any emergency. So until next time, please take care of your mind, body, and stay healthy. Get vaccinated if not yet done. Remember, two doses are better than one or none. And if you are fully vaccinated, you can download your QR code for Alberta at covidrecords.alberta.ca slash home. Some useful resources to give a good read are critical care triage protocol at Alberta Health Services. Number two, critical care triage protocol executive summary that is also available at albertahealthservices.ca. Number three, healthy at home. Number four, how to keep your child safe online while stuck at home during COVID pandemic outbreak. It's at the UNICEF website. So good luck, everyone. Stay safe and goodbye. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. And bye for now.